2: now
4: Good afternoon, patriots, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News Live. As always, I'm your host, RP, Zach Payne, the corruption detector. I've been sniffing out this BS all day. I can't wait, can't wait to talk about a couple of these subjects. There is a lot going on, as there is every single day. This is 2023, after all. And we are living in a very radically different time. War Eagle 67 said, Zach looks so sad. Let me tell you. Uh when I saw this story breaking yesterday, I about died. I think this is one of the most genius trolls that you could possibly pull on somebody we got a lot to talk about. I had a mailbag grab today, so I want to give some special thanks to some patriots who sent some things my way. Also, some people who sent some things my way. I have no idea who they are because they didn't include a message or a note or anything. But either way, what are you guys doing out there? We've got 116 people here. We've got 115 likes. I can't believe for a moment... We had 100% watch-to-view ratio. So if you're new in the chat, if you just got here, don't forget to hit that like button. Don't forget to hit that share button. Help me by putting it out there on your favorite social media platform. We are live on Twitter. We're live on Ghetto. We're live on Rumble. We're right live on Foxhole. And for some reason, I can't get the the chat to work over on Getter. I don't know what the deal is. But listen, do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. We have so much to discuss, and we'll be right back after this. All right. And thank you, everyone who is choosing to be here with us watching this incredible show. Thank you to everybody who is supporting the show, whether it's a like or a share, or if you have donated directly to the show or you're supporting the sponsors, any of these things are equally Helpful, and they will help me continue my mission as we seek to expose as much truth as humanly possible. I want to get all of these chats up here on the screen so that while I am giving you guys these special announcements, uh, you know what? What's going on? That's not actually working. Uh, we're going to have to go, not that one. Let's try this one. Yes, that's it. Okay. Good stuff. Let me make this larger. No, that didn't really work. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I wish that there was a better way to do the rumble chat, but every single time I got to adjust it just a little bit. All right, so listen up. I got a whole bunch of stuff in the mail today. I need to say thank you, first of all, to Hunter and Hayden. They are the lovely little boys whose family have Lisa and I on their holiday wish and uh, gift card lists. So every single holiday, they send me a picture of these two growing young boys, the next generation of American patriots. Hayden and Hunter, I hope you're listening. Thank you very much for including Lisa and I every single time. Thank you also to Sandy Modell. He, he wrote me a really sweet letter, wanted people to know that uh, he was really appreciative of the response that he got. When he came on the show, to tell us the heartbreaking story about how his son was murdered. There have been a couple of you who have reached out to him. Uh, I know that several of you have also purchased the book, whether it's the ebook or the paperback book. Thank you very much for supporting Sandy. I think he's a a really good guy, and nobody should have to be found in in the position that he's found himself. Thank you to Lewis. Lewis, uh, honestly, I think has been the most, uh, the the longest and the most steadiest supporter of the show. Sends me a check every month for 10 bucks. And, uh, you know, over time, obviously, it really makes a big difference. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you to Connie as well. Connie, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to read this letter because. I just i i appreciate it I thought it was really sweet so Connie said, Dear Zach, I wanted to write and thank you for your rant last night to the blonde-beard Kentucky person and to thank you for doing your new two-hour show on Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm really enjoying it. She said, Trolls seem to have ramped up their attacks, and while I get why they're doing it, it just gets old. I think that after your show with John last night, you felt better. I could tell you were disgruntled at the beginning of the Baseless Conspiracy show, and who can blame you, LOL. This is the part that I want to make sure you guys are aware of, because I think it's so vitally important and it's something that I need to remember myself. She said, I saw a comment by one of those trolls in the war room and he commented that he is there to distract us from what's being said by the creator or the presenter and believe me, he is there like clockwork on the second hour of Steve's show daily and it just gets so dang tiring, all of it. Thank you for all you do and as I said before, there is a calming spirit to you and you are a voice of reason. Don't stop and most certainly never stop being yourself. Much, Connie. Connie, I just wanted you to know how much that means to me. Uh, Also, Chrissy in Texas sent me uh, an email apologizing for her behavior in the chat the other day. And uh, and to be honest with you, I, I, I appreciate the apology because a lot of times people are just jerks and then they like act like it never happened. But uh, you didn't need to apologize; you were fine. I know that Rumble is uh, is is a little glitchy and everybody is on edge. I get it. You know we're living in crazy times. And then uh, finally, Dee Bosco also sent a letter. She actually called in while Jason Dean was on the show. And she read a poem that her granddaughter had written. Uh, What I'm going to do is scan this in. I'm going to post it on my website, and then you guys can go ahead and get to it uh, that way. well, thank you very much, Gio. He said uh, 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 Zach is one of the best. He's a great person and very honest. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, guys, because I'm serious. A lot of times people will just send me an email telling me what to do or how to, uh, I guess, best conduct my business or tell me what I should think, and uh, it doesn't always work out that way. Um Let me also say this. I had a couple of people recently email me suggesting that I change the format of the show. Uh, one gentleman said, I used to watch you all the time, and now I don't because I can't give you two hours. I'll give you one hour maximum. So essentially insinuating that if I go over two hours, he's not, or go over an hour, he's not going to bother with the show. But he said, you will have a lot more subscribers and more people will watch if you start making shorter programs. Well, here's the thing. I actually did that. I did that for like six to nine months. Uh, I wanted to test the waters and see how it worked. If I did shorter shows, would that make them more likely to be consumed by people? And the answer to that question is a resounding no. Uh, I did a number of short videos every day, two or three, 10, 15 minute videos trying to, uh, you know, put out concise information and fewer people ended up watching them. It it turns out, uh, from my opinion, that people will see a, a, a longer show. And maybe they'll tune in for one story or they'll sit around because there's going to be more stories and they want to know what they are. Uh, but when people see just, you know, a video about one thing and it's shorter, they are no more likely to watch it than they are to watch one of these longer programs. And uh, more people have been watching the show since I've been doing the two hour format. So uh, I think I'm going to have to keep it like this. And also somebody else wanted me to do uh, add on those 15 minute videos in the morning, like to do headlines. And they said, you could knock it out in 15 minutes. When I do a produced show like that, you know, it's only me, okay? I don't have a budget. I don't have people to hire. I do the editing. I do the filming. I do the writing. Uh, I do the. I do all of it, okay? And so like 15 minutes on screen, that's still a couple of hours of pre-production. And then because uh, we're on all these other uh, additional platforms, not just a YouTube, uh, if it was on YouTube, the video would be up in 10 minutes, no problem. But getting it to all those other platforms, it takes like an hour or more. And it doesn't always work work the way that it's supposed to. So sometimes I got to do it again. All right. So I also had somebody send me these two books Um, and it's uh, they're both books by Yonmi Park. She was the North Korean defector who recently I actually covered this story. Uh, had uh, kind of been raising the alarm about the uh um, left-wing propaganda that she was being taught in higher education here in America. She said this is the same stuff they used to teach us in North Korea. I can't believe I'm seeing this in America. Uh and uh and and ironically I I said, "Hey, you know, I would love to interview that woman." Somebody sent me her two books. They didn't send me a note telling me who they are, but I wanted to thank that person. Uh, and now that I have these books, I'm going to do what I can to try to reach out to you on me. I think she would be a fascinating interview. Uh, and I've said this before. First generation Americans are often the most patriotic people you're going to meet. Because they understand the scourge of communism. They escaped communism. They escaped totalitarian rule under a despot to come to America, where they supposedly would have the protection of the US Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and they wouldn't be subjected to the type of left wing madness that we are now seeing taking over America. So, what do we do? Well, this is our job every single day get up and fight. Educate people. Stand up in the face of tyranny. Do not allow these people to take this country. I mean, they have taken it to a degree. All right. But with the number of people that were waking up every day and the work that we continue to do to try to educate the next generation uh, to keep the American dream alive, I truly believe that we will be successful. And I think with that, I would like to go ahead and uh, and get into Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. Let's get into the news. But actually, real quick, I saw uh, S18 said, you are our very favorite out of many we listen to over here, Texas Lady and KK. TX. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Esther. Thank you, everybody, for the kind words. I can't tell you how much it means to me. You know, sometimes, uh, you, you know, things things get rough. OK, things get rough, uh, especially when you, you got to go in front of uh, an audience every day and continue to uh, keep your spirits high and, and, and have just as much hope and optimism as uh, as you did the day before. Um, but let me just say this. You guys, you guys give me hope. For the future. Knowing that you're out there and knowing that this resonates with you, it lets me know that America is far from lost. Okay? And it's going to be us at the front lines saving this nation from a a, a, a horrible, despotic, authoritarian system that has sought to completely pervert everything that is pure, everything that is good, everything that is holy here in the United States of America. This is our nation, we the people, we are taking it back, and this is where we begin. Uh, and obviously the, uh, the the agenda that they have is, is to destroy our way of life, uh, to poison the land, uh, to kill us outright, uh, take us out of the equation. And over the last several weeks, we have seen many of these tragic train derailments and disasters, uh, you know, things happen over and over and over again, and you have to Ask yourself at a certain point, how many of these are organic? You know, how many of them are just coincidences? Um, I tend to think that not very many of them are. I I don't actually think that there's any that I could identify at this moment that I think were totally organic situations. But here down in Florida, we've already had a couple of fires. We had some explosions. Now we have another train derailment, Uh, 30,000 gallons of propane derailed off this train track near a, a an airport down here in Florida. This was in uh, Sarasota and, or and Manatee County, I guess right on the county line. Uh, and hazmat teams were sent out. These were, I, I guess, tanks of propane. Uh, and uh, I don't know how much actually leaked out. Uh, this is obviously something that could have been much worse. But it sounds like the people in this area did their job. Uh, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm. They did exactly what they were supposed to do, and I'm very proud of the people uh, of uh, of, of Manatee, Manatee Fire Rescue. So this 30,000 gallons of propane, despite the fact that it went off the track, it did not leak, it did not blow, and the railroad company chose not to uh, explode it, okay? They chose not to set it off like a nuclear bomb. Um, remember that explosion from a couple of weeks ago that I showed you guys at the, uh, at the it was like a, a welding uh, manufacturer or like a warehouse where they did welding and stuff like that. You know, that was a huge explosion. Can you imagine a tanker full of 30,000 gallons of propane going off? Have you guys ever seen just a regular propane tank get blown up? Uh, It is a powerful, powerful explosion. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a look at the clip from an aerial view. And there you go. You can see from from how it appears, all right, uh, the train tracks have completely disintegrated. Now, this is exemplary, in my opinion, of exactly why... You should be doing regular safety inspections and uh, why we cannot and possibly should never be okay with these railroad companies trying to scrimp and save on safety. Safety is job one. How many of you out there have OSHA up your ass every day telling you about safety? Okay, and then it comes to something like this, a railroad car filled with 30,000 gallons of propane. And they're just going to leave it to chance? Man, I think that that is just a bad, bad thing. We simply can't allow that to continue to happen. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a look at this one. This looks to be uh, a closer view. There is another car that's just completely fallen off. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at this here. And it doesn't seem any more remote or difficult to access than the stuff in East Palestine, uh, which just makes me feel even more that in East Palestine, they could have very, very easily went in there with a couple of cranes, picked up these giant tankers full of chemicals, and maybe they could have even spot welded a, a, a couple of pieces of steel on there. If they would have done that, then they never would have had to blow it up. They never would have had to dump the chemicals onto the ground. And then they would never have had to send those chemicals to other states in the nation. I actually have an update here from our friend Tricia in Texas. Let me actually get this pulled up so that I can read this. Gallons of contaminated wastewater being delivered to a place very near to where she lives. Now, we talked about this the other day. But there is apparently an update right here. Do you remember this woman, County Judge Linda Lena Hidalgo? She's the one who was in some kind of pay-to-play scheme, and I didn't really think that she would remain in office, but it looks like for the time being at least. So 500,000 gallons of this wastewater, I don't even know how many pounds of uh, contaminated soil are on their way to Texas Molecular. Now, they may even be there at this point. Um, it says, despite dangers in this transportation case, County Judge Lena Hidalgo and Mayor Jerry Moulton uh, of Deer Park, where the Hazardous Waste Disposal Company is located, were not alerted about the arrival of the water until yesterday afternoon. So it sounds like they took it in stealth. There is something fundamentally broken about how these incidents are dealt with, at least with how information is communicated. I wouldn't have thought that I would say this, but I agree with Lena Hidalgo on this. She said that her office knew about the water arriving, That once her office knew about the water arriving, they reached out to the Texas Commission of Environmental Quality, the Environmental Protection Agency and the Department of Transportation about the issue. And according to her, these agencies and organizations who were involved in the oversight all had limited information and that she was unclear of who had the full picture of what was happening during the transportation process. This sounds like a fly-by-night operation. Not the kind of thing that you want going on when when you're talking about 500 gallons uh, of of toxic water and God knows how many pounds of toxic soil. Um, This is shocking to me, but I think that this is an indelible lesson. So when we're talking about uh, these issues that uh, raise concerns in our community, and I say, hey, you got to call your elected officials. This should show you right here that sometimes these people are no smarter than an empty bucket, okay? Just because they hold an elected position does not mean they've been read in on anything that's really going on. Chances are pretty good. You might have more information on this stuff than they do. And so by you calling them, you might actually be able to help avoid something like this from happening. Can you imagine? Uh, apparently, none of these people had the full scope of understanding what was going on. And even now, even now, people are still feeling the effects of that vinyl chloride. It gets into your respiratory system. We talked about chemical bronchitis yesterday. It gets into your liver. Have you guys seen the pictures of what it does to your liver? Hang on, let me, let me actually get this picked up. Uh, Trisha says, uh, I sent an updated email. There are millions of gallons coming. Holy jeez. Uh, let me... All right, so the that is the most recent email that I have. Um, yeah, so you've... Well, there's the YouTube video. I didn't see that one earlier, but I, I can't pull that one up right now. It's too long, and I, I don't want to scroll through it. But let, let me... Let me show you. Millions of gallons. That's awful. Absolutely awful. Uh let's see. Vinyl, chloride, liver cancer. Oh my. I have, I'm a really bad typist. Let me just say that. Let's find some pictures here. Alright, well, yeah, the other day when I was looking for this, I found some gnarly stuff. I I found like actual Images of uh, gross anatomy. All right, so listen to this. It's not just cancer of the liver. You've got cancer of the soft tissue. Soft tissue sarcoma is a rare cancer of non organs like fat, muscle, nerves, fibrous tissue, or blood vessels. Vinyl chloride is known to be a human carcinogen with strong evidence supporting exposure with soft tissue sarcoma. The hot the highly, where did that come from? The highly odorous gas is released into the atmosphere during numerous industrial chemical production processes. See liver cancer. Okay, and imagine what it's doing when it's not even from a process; it's just contained release. Endocrine disruption. Ah, this is making the frogs gay. Look at this. Endocrines are hormones that affect everything from metabolism to sleep to immune system and menopause. Endocrine-disrupting chemicals are suspected in accelerated puberty, lowered sperm motility, genital malformation, hermaphroditism, and sex changes during development. I honestly believe that this is one of the reasons why we have what seems to be a preponderance of trans identifying people. I think that these endocrine disrupting substances are present in our food, in our water, in so many of the products that we use every day. And they are getting into the bodies of our children and they are changing the way that their body works, the way that their hormones are presenting, the way that their brains are actually wired. Atrazine is one of these substances, uh, and in fish it affects the hormone systems, also amphibians, and again, this is making the frogs gay, according to many scientific studies. It's also banned in the European Union. Uh, There are a number of cancer-causing agents that are banned in the European Union but that are not banned here in America. Uh, EPA regulates this stuff, and you can only get so much of it into your uh, water. Also, premature birth weight. Low birth weight, birth defects. We're going to have to keep an eye on that stuff. How many children are going to be born from East Palestine as a result of this? Also, for the kids who do get born, we have developmental and behavioral issues. We've got brain-related malformations, ADHD, learning disabilities, impairments, mental retardation, and brain defects. And then, of course, we have the respiratory ailments and... Obesity is a major, major risk when you're coming in to the contact of something like vinyl chloride because, again, it stays inside your body's fat system, your interstitial cells right there. Uh, Hang on just a second. There we go. I need to set that up. All right. So I have have considered that these endocrine-disrupting substances— were responsible for the kind of trans revolution that we have right now, for a very long time, and I think that you know, it it, can, it There's an argument that could also be made that this might have a a, a, a greater chance of making a, a person gay as well. You know, I mean, because you know the 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 prevalence of uh, homosexuality in the animal kingdom, whether it is you know frogs and deer or in uh, humans you know it was it was very small it was relatively small for a very long time and i don't think that that was all because people were afraid to come out but now I think that you have a a much larger rate of it happening as a result of that stuff. And then you couple that with the brainwashing of the kids, the grooming of the children, and it pushes people into these alternative lifestyles where at a certain point they are basically made to feel ashamed if they are attracted to the opposite sex or that they want to start a family uh, or that they want to be in a traditional nuclear relationship. There is nothing wrong with it. Uh, but they need to demonize that because the tr- the strong traditional nuclear family and that close family unit, uh, it's antithetical to the rule by the state. They need you to not be dependent on your parents or your family. They need you to be dependent upon them. And I'm not going to let that happen. Uh, but. Continuing on here, uh, I need to. Uh, oh shoot, where did it go? Did I? Yes, okay. Actually, I already, I already covered the story. So let me go to the next one. All right, I have a couple of sound bites from Joe Biden uh, from the past twenty four hours, making more weird statements. You know, kind of yelling out of nowhere. Uh, he told this story. I'm I'm not even going to say it here. Let's go ahead and um, we're just going to play this clip here, and you guys tell me what the heck you think is going it's on from here. She Hold on. Why, why am I not hearing
5: anything? Things that I don't think you'll learn medical. Huh. Uh,
4: I can definitely see that the sound is moving, and I would hazard a guess and say that you guys are probably hearing it, too. Um, let's try it now. <laughs> She's whispering in my ear, and Pearl Nelson,
6: do she came in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, in nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand her. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was a, there was a connection, a human connection.
4: She even went home and brought back her pillow. And her All right, so it sounds like Joe is trying to tell a story about a nurse uh, that was... Be- actually behaving in an inappropriate manner with him that was bad choppy skipping all right hold on just a second let me reset my soundboard because i think that's the problem
5: Testing, testing, one, two, three.
4: Testing, okay. All right, so that's working now. Tell me, let me see if this works.
6: Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand her. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make
4: sure that, I, that there was a connection, a human connection. All right, you guys are hearing it now. Good. So yeah, yeah this is just typical Joe Biden gibberish. He's always making up these I am not muted. Stop it Marshall. Stop it Marshall Rob. I am not muted. Yes, it works. I I, I thought so. I thought so. Um but you know th- this just goes to show that uh Joe Biden is losing his ability, his tenuous grasp on reality. Here he is back in 2020 telling a very similar story. I had nurses at Walter Reed who would bend down and whisper in my ear, go home and get me pillows. They would actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get me moving. And the look on this woman's face, she's like, boy, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, here he is at that same event, and uh, and seems to be making up words again. Let's go ahead and listen here. By the way, you docs are good,
6: but if there's any angels in heaven, they're all nurses, male and female. You know why? You guys let us, you guys make us, allow us to live. Nurses make
4: you want to live. All right, so Yardbird1965 says you're full of shit. For presenting a theory, I'm full of shit. All right, I I gave the rationale for my theory. I'm not saying that the only reason people are gay or the only reason that people are trans is because of endocrine-disrupting substances that are suddenly in our bodies and in our stuff. And I'm not even saying I have a problem with gay or trans people. The only thing I've ever said I have a problem with is people who are grooming children. So... Yardbird, uh, I appreciate that you have pointed out that I'm not a biologist and I don't have a PhD, never claimed to. All I put forth was a theory. Now, that's the way the scientific method works. People propose theories, and then you look into those theories to either prove or disprove them. I don't have the ability to do that, uh, but please don't get offended because I have uh, simply suggested a possible reason why we might see some of the phenomenon that we see right now. Uh, there is virtually no end to the destruction that's being done To the American person, to the American family, to society in general, it's a multi-pronged attack. And uh, any of the things that we talk about uh, are simply part of a much larger plan. So, (laughs) Yardbird, I'm glad that you agree. I'm glad that you agree now. I don't want to argue with anybody, okay? You know, I I think that uh, we all are better off when we think outside of the box, okay? And if we don't think outside of the box, then that just means that we're eating out of the same toilet as everybody else. I'm not going to be accepting of the information that is just handed over by these places, uh, but specifically when you look at the effects of endocrine-disrupting substances in the bodies of animals, which tends to be uh, a fairly good indicator of how they're going to react in people, that's why they test things on mice, because mice have a lot of DNA in common with humans, uh, then you can say, well, hey, you know, we've got these effects that are measurable in these animals. And now we're also seeing something that we didn't see previously. So anyways, if I had a PhD, I would be happy to uh, to prove it for you. But uh, as you said, I don't. So anyways, a lot of people are starting to ask for proof of life of John Fetterman. Uh, not only people in the general public, uh, Pennsylvania voters, certainly, uh, and, uh, uh, and people in Congress, okay? Uh, Pennsylvania Republicans have sent a letter Asking Fetterman to appear on camera to prove that he is awake, that he is aware, uh, that he's actually moving around, that he's not dead. Because, let's be honest, there's a rumor going around that John Fetterman is dead. I've seen people saying it. I think that it's irresponsible to tell people that John Fetterman's dead when you don't know he's dead. Because unless you have direct access to John Fetterman, we can't say what the heck's going on with this guy. We have the official story, which I don't believe. And then we have speculation of what might be happening. Uh, let's, let's use the same exercise we did with, uh, with the frogs. Uh, John Fetterman had a massive stroke. John Fetterman uh, was dealt a pretty serious level of brain damage because he didn't rest his body or his mind, and he immediately went back out of the campaign trail. John Fetterman began experiencing symptoms, which made it very difficult for him to communicate and to understand people. Take a look at Bruce Willis. The guy was announced to have had aphasia. He was still pumping out movies like nobody's business. And then two months later, he's now got dementia. Dementia. See how quickly that progresses? That tends to happen with these uh, types of degenerative brain conditions. John Fetterman had a problem with his brain because of a stroke. It's a lot more likely that John Fetterman either, A, had another stroke, or uh, is, uh, is feeling increased effects as a result of that initial massive stroke that he had. So do I think John Fetterman is depressed No. Well, yeah, honestly, I think maybe John Fetterman is depressed. Wouldn't you be depressed if your wife and the Democrat Party forced you to go out and give yourself brain damage because they just could not afford to have a Republican win in that race? He's probably pretty depressed, but even more than being depressed because of the situation he's in, uh, I think that he is probably a lot more brain damaged than anything else. Uh, And Going beyond that, is it possible that John Fetterman had another stroke and might be completely dead? Yeah, it's absolutely a possibility. Uh, but either way, until we get proof of life or we get some type of statement which proves, we don't really know. We have absolutely no idea. So Pennsylvania uh, Pennsylvania Republicans calling on Democrats and John Fetterman more specifically To get on camera, prove that you're alive and well, because of the now confirmed lies that were told during the 2022 general election regarding the health of Senator John Fetterman, as well as the threats made against a journalist who interviewed him. Remember that woman who said that it was clear John Fetterman could not understand her. The Washington County Republican Party refuses to take assurances from the office of the senator or Democrat operatives that Fetterman is able to carry out his duties as senator. As such, we call upon Senator Fetterman to appear on camera to show us that he is alive and well. And if he's unable to do so, we call upon our elected representatives in Washington, Senator Casey and Congressman Renschenfaller, to intervene immediately. Ultimately, if Fetterman is unable or unwilling to carry out his duties as a United States Senator, then we ask for his resignation and call for a special election to be held this year. No more lies or games. Can you imagine what would happen if there was a special election there in Pennsylvania? I would imagine that organically you would probably have a Republican that would win because now Democrats, however unlikely that they actually elected John Fetterman, now they have fully seen what the Democrat Party is capable of and the lies that they are capable of telling, what they're willing to do to ensure that their candidate wins. Doesn't matter about what the interests of the people are. Doesn't matter about the best interests of the individual. What matters is the power and the hegemonic desires of the Democrat Party. That's all that matters. And now people are aware of that. Okay. If you didn't have a clue about it before, well, now you do. And certainly, if you're a Pennsylvania resident, man, you are very aware of it. Because you now have a brain-damaged senator who is in some type of an in-treatment facility for supposed depression. Ah, oh, man. All right, hold on. I need to stand up, you guys. Uh. Okay. All right. And there we go. All right. So, another time I got a letter, an email from a viewer was uh, when it was announced that Joe Biden was going to attempt to do this debt forgiveness for student loans. And I covered it and I said, I am ashamed to say that I am among the group that could potentially benefit from this. Now, how am I among that group? Well, I have student loans. Anybody who has student loans would theoretically, potentially be the recipient of the student loan forgiveness. But here's the problem. Okay, there is no such thing as debt forgiveness. That, def- that debt is not simply wiped off the books. What Joe Biden and the federal government would do would just be to pay the lenders out of the American taxpayers' pockets. So although myself or somebody else who has student loans that they have been diligently paying on since they graduated from college... Uh, you would now no longer have to pay that debt immediately, but you would end up paying it back long-term. And more than likely, your uh, ancestors would end up paying it off. If That's if the United States doesn't collapse entirely ahead of that. Well, this viewer was so upset that I went to college and took out loans. Didn't matter that I've been paying them off, and I've been tr- paying them off more than I am supposed to so that I can try to get out from under that debt before very long. Uh, this person said that I was a hypocrite and that they would never listen to me again. Uh, and he like ended up being a real asshole and tried to, uh, I don't know, uh, he, he tried to make me feel bad. It didn't work. He ended up doxing himself and, uh, and I let him know that, uh, I might use his email on the air and he said, well, this is a private conversation. And I said, well, you gave up that privacy when you sent me a nasty email, but here's the good news. This is the good news. There is a challenge in the Supreme Court of the United States uh, to stop Joe Biden's debt relief program, the student loan bailout program. I am against the student loan bailouts in the exact same way that I have been against the United States government bailing out private industry. This is what capitalism is supposed to be based upon. The cream rises to the top. Okay. You have uh, something that you owe, you pay it back. All right. Uh, When it comes to uh, bankruptcies, even people are not allowed to completely write off debt anymore. So why should other groups be allowed to write off debt? It doesn't make any sense. And we can't be spreading that wealth and that debt load across every human being that's from America. Because not everybody went to college. Not everybody wanted to go to college. Plenty of people never needed to go to college. They had skills that allowed them to provide for their families regardless, okay? If I could go back and do it again, I wouldn't have gone to college, okay? I wouldn't have gone to grad school. I would have done things a very different way. But where I lived and the opportunities that were available to me, I was led to believe that that was the only way that I could do it and be successful in life. I now know that that is not the case. And I am paying off that debt as we speak. So, yes, it is definitely their loss, Brian. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I I am not worried about that guy not wanting to watch the show anymore. You know, I mean, it's like it's ignorant because I'm certain That a person who feels that way about me, somebody they don't even know, you know, take a look at your own life, you know, and talk to your family, talk to your friends, talk to your friends, kids who maybe went to college. Okay, are you now planning on cutting them out of your life because of a decision arbitrarily made by a, a despotic authoritarian mental case like Joe Biden? I have no say or power over what Joe Biden does All right. It doesn't matter that I don't want debt relief to be given to a bunch of people who can probably afford to pay for themselves and who just choose not to because they're lazy, because they are verging on uh, implementing communism and Marxism here in the United States. That's what they want to do. They want to destroy the Republic and they want to build up a Marxist kingdom in its place. So the good news is the Supreme Court. has pretty much signaled uh, that they are not going to allow Joe Biden's debt relief program to continue. Uh, He had initially canceled up to $10,000 in debt for borrowers who earned $125,000 or less. Now, (laughs) think about how many people would qualify for that. How many people have at least $10,000 in student loan debt? and make less than $125,000 a year. That's probably every person that you know that went to college, okay? $125,000 a year is a lot of money uh and it would also have given $20,000 for a recipient of Pell grants which was already free money well it's not um yeah the pell grants are free money but if you also got those then you would get even more money off so the 8th circuit court of appeals back in november had extended a block on the student loan forgiveness program and then the doj asked the supreme court to lift that uh that that uh that stay uh and then uh the supreme court heard the oral arguments and they deliberated And on Tuesday, yesterday, uh, they heard arguments on behalf of the DOJ in regards to the student loan forgiveness program. Uh, And several hours of that, the conservative justices indicated as they were talking about this, uh, John Roberts, uh, as one of them, uh, was talking about, uh, you know, canceling debt, just the unilateral power to cancel debt and how the president probably doesn't have that. How is it that this is not an act of Congress? Okay, Congress holds the purse strings. Congress has the power of the purse. So it doesn't make any sense that Joe Biden would just be able to do it. Uh, The rationale that the government used was uh, based on something that Obama had done, basically. Uh, So during these three hours uh, of deliberations, uh, the signals coming from the justices, I think are very strong. I don't believe that this is going to continue. Uh, And of course, that was enough for the radical left to go completely completely unhinged. We're going to take a look at some video of some of the squad members on the steps of the Supreme Court, very angry about student loan forgiveness not probably going through. But we got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back after this. All right, someone in the chat pointed out that John Roberts is not a conservative. Yes, I am fully aware that John Roberts is not really a conservative, even though he was nominated under a Republican president. That was a neocon. Uh, and John Roberts has sided with the liberals on so many issues here. He is a de facto liberal. Uh, but he was the only person that I heard a snippet of his response to the DOJ's argument. So I was only quoting what I remember from that snippet. Uh, I did read that the other conservative justices also gave kind of a tongue lashing to the DOJ on the possibility that this should not even be in front of them. So uh, thank you very much. And you are correct. John Roberts is not a conservative. So uh, as a result of the Supreme Court's actions uh, and the, the knowledge by the people on the left who have been pushing for this student loan forgiveness, they showed up. They had a protest. Remember, these are the things that they protest. Uh, they they protest their ability to uh to control the people of the United States. Uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to this. And it's do going this to before take
1: bed to stop receding gums and decaying teeth before it's too late. Twenty five percent of adults over sixty.
6: To deal with that, as we deal with the end of the pandemic, we're going to deal with that. We're not going to start student debt again without actually making a debt. To do it. And frankly, and this is what really pisses me off during the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting. And we helped them. And it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big
4: businesses were. No, but that was an act of Congress. That was an act of Congress to make all of that money available. And it's a completely different scenario than canceling the debt of people with gender studies degrees. It's an absolutely different ballgame.
6: And we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it. The corporations challenge it. The student loan lenders challenge it. That is not right. That is not fair. And that is what we are fighting as well.
4: And let me say this, too. I don't see any student loan companies challenging this. They're going to be paid. All right. If this goes through, they would still get their money. And then and then the universities would raise tuition again. They would take any apparent cost savings that students would get as a result of this. And they would continue to charge you in just a different way. The cost of college is outrageous today, especially compared to the quality of education that you get at these Marxist indoctrinated left wing universities all across America.
6: This is about the people and it is about the people's future and it is about all of your future.
4: Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. They're angry because it's not going to pass. It's going to get shut down. And it's something that we don't need to to even worry about anymore. That's good news. And I wanted to make sure we had some good news in the first portion of the show. I have more good news in the form of this article that was sent over by my friend Dan Schultz. Now, did you guys watching this, why is she, she's not a student, Jason, she's a congressman, (laughs) or maybe she's with the teachers union or something like that. Um, Okay, did you guys watch the interview I did with Thad Snyder just a couple of days ago? Thad is a guy from Kansas, he was just an average dude, regular guy, family man, watches my show, okay, learned about the precinct strategy, and then I met him at the moment of truth And I interviewed him there. And then I lost the interview and I got it back and I did an update with him. He and his group used the precinct strategy to take over his county GOP. That would be the Johnston County GOP. And they used it to take over the Kansas State GOP. They put all of their America First Patriot precinct committeemen into office. Now, those people... Will be the ones setting the agenda for the Republican Party, the goals, the platforms of the Republican Party. And guess what? One of their top things is it's election integrity, it's election security. Yeah, yes, yeah. Sterling says she is a teacher's union. I thought so. Click. Uh, CKLR says, Zach, late hello from Thunder Bay, Ontario. I'll try to catch up quick. No problem. I don't know if you can do like the two times um, stream on, on Rumble, but if you can, you can always try to do that to, to catch up. Yes, Dusker Who, I am so proud of Thad. All right, I know that there are many of you out there in the audience who have made the same decision that he did. This is what I have been begging you guys to do for years now to become conservative activists in your local community. Use the precinct committee method. Every time I see somebody complaining in the chat about nothing's happening or not enough is happening. The only question I have is what are you doing? All right. Because when you are, you, when you are actively creating the change in your community, You can't look around and say nothing's happening because it's all progress. It is all incredible stuff. Uh, Mary J. just says, Zach, I just purchased the sleep aid. I hope it works. Hey, it works for me every single night. I've gotten, I actually have been, since seriously, since I started taking that stuff, I have had better, more restful sleep. I wake up feeling great every single day. Uh, Hopefully it works for you in the same way it did for me. Spike protein says federal student loans and grants enabled colleges to charge exorbitant tuition since they know there will be funds to cover the exorbitant tuition. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, honey, for that lemon tea. Anyways, that is not unusual. Okay. We've got people in the audience. Who did the same thing he did, who watched the show, who learned about the precinct method, who went in and they took over their local GOPs. Thank God for you. You guys are the frontline soldiers that are working to take back America. But it's not enough. We need all of you to do it. I need every single one of you to be a part of your community, an active and integral part of your community, helping to set the agenda for what the next generation of America is going to be like. Is it going to be the radical left Democrats and this crazy union lady screaming about gender studies degrees and the right to basically get nothing that you have to work for yourself? Everything is free. I hope not. I hope that the next generation and the agenda is set by people like us. It must be, otherwise America will be lost. In Michigan and in many other areas, they are doing the exact same thing. Now, this article here mentions my friend Dan Schultz by name. It talks about his book and it 's meant to be an article that is is ripping on Dan and ripping on anybody who believes that the election system is anything but safe and secure i 'm sure you remember Christina Caramo she was on the show uh, with uh, oh gosh what 's her name the the um, oh, she was the whistleblower from Dominion you guys does ever does anybody remember her name oh, shucks i, I need to, I need to look it up. I keep seeing her screen name in my head, and that's not it. Let me see. Dominion. No. Melissa. Melissa Carone. Melissa Carone. That's her. Um Yardbird says, thank you for all your hard work. I know it takes a lot of time and effort to do what you do. I agree with you most of the time. I remember the first time you showed your face. Keep up the good fight. Yardbird, I appreciate you saying so. And uh, and even if we disagree, it's okay for us to disagree. I think that uh, we come to a better understanding uh, of the way that the world works and, and the truth that we are trying to uncover. Uh, when we get into discussions and we can have the ability uh, to to talk about it. I'm glad to know that despite you initially disagreeing with me, that perhaps we could come to some meeting of the mind and I appreciate you for being here. Uh, Also, Lisa said, Zach goes nonstop from the second he gets up and when he lays down, he is out. It's amazing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Anyways, so Christina lost her bid for secretary of state, but is she going to let that stop her? No, no, she is going to be working to take over the Michigan GOP. Listen to this. In 2022, two thirds of 345 election deniers, they say, who ran for office won. Okay. So we had 345 people across the United States who admitted that our election system was broken. Okay, I have people all the time sending me emails. Why are you telling people to vote? That's the stupidest thing you could do. Voting doesn't matter. Well, maybe in some places it matters more than it does in other places. Maybe not every single precinct and district and state and city across the United States is completely and utterly compromised. This is proof positive that you can still get elected here in America. And the more of you that realize it, the more of you that will run and the more of you that will get elected and the more of you will be there to help shape America's future. 345 election integrity candidates and two thirds of them won. That's according to the Brookings Institution. Uh, Christina Caramo, however, was not one of them. Who, who won in this past race. She was running to become the Secretary of State. She got the endorsement from President Trump. Personally, I think she did win. I think this is another one of those elections where they cheated. Uh, and uh, she lost the race by 14 points, they're saying. Um, but on February 19th, Christina Caramo beat out 10 predominantly far-right candidates to become chair of the Michigan Republican Party Which she said needed to be rebuilt into a political machine that strikes fear in the hearts of Democrats. Christina Caramo did not stop moving. Okay. She lost the election. She filed a lawsuit. They told her no way. She continued on, and she is now the chair of the Michigan GOP, you guys. Okay. That is a powerful, powerful story right there. And Christina Caramo is not alone. Tina Peters, another friend of the program. She, right now, is also running to do the exact same thing in Colorado, and she's about to be on trial. They are going after her for doing her job for safeguarding election-related information. She's not letting it stop her. She's even got a show on Badlands Media now. Tina Peters is a beast. I love her. I love Christina Caramo, and I love every single one of you who are out there doing this. Yes, always vote, Friddle. Somebody, somebody literally emailed me the other night and said, well, first they were angry about the, the, the talk of New California and greater Idaho. They said it was retarded for me to be talking about secession. We're not talking about secession. We're not talking about leaving the United States. That's what Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about with a national divorce, okay? Creating multiple nations. No, we're just talking about moving the boundaries, uh, uh, arbitrary boundaries of states that are in existence. So you take... What is that? Sixty three percent, maybe more of the landmass of Oregon. It becomes Idaho. What happens? Oregon loses electoral votes. Idaho picks them up. Those people in Oregon that are not being represented by the left wing politicians of the greater Portland area. They are now represented by Republicans and they get an opportunity to elect new leadership in New California. All of those people in the 95% of the state who are not being represented, who are being forced to carry the burden for the illegal migration invasion that is happening there, who are being forced to carry the burden of mismanagement. Remember how many billions of dollars in coronavirus money went missing in California because the inmates were calling in from the jails and, and sucking up all of that unemployment time? They don't have any idea where that money is. They will never get it back. And it should not be the burden of the good people of California who did nothing wrong to make that happen. So changing the borders, taking all that landmass, moving it from California to new California, it's a constitutional process, guys. There is a methodology to doing this that has been used before. They did it in West Virginia. I believe they did it with North and South Carolina. And if they do it somewhere else in this nation... I think that it's an incredible thing. Why? Because it's a novel solution to a problem that otherwise has been unable to be solved. Okay, so if you are a resident of California and you've been active and working for decades to try to stop the slow, steep decline of the state you love, and you've done everything possible within the legal frameworks and with, uh, you know, reaching out to your elected officials, doing whatever you could. You come across this novel solution, creating a new state. Uh, How can anybody blame you for attempting to get it done, especially when it's a a legal maneuver that is very uh, difficult for them to turn down? When they send those delegates to Washington, D.C., and they show them all of the work they've done, they've done everything by the book exactly how they needed to. We're about to have a new California. We're about to have a 51st state. All of those electoral votes in that largest portion of, the, of that state are all going to go from California to New California. All of those areas get to elect new elected leadership. And they're only going to elect patriots. <laughs> they already know exactly what they're going to do. This is going to solve way more problems than it would ever possibly create. Will it make life difficult for the people in old California? Certainly, because they're now going to be landlocked. And in order to enter or to leave their little fiefdoms, they're going to have to drive through new California. Uh, I think that this is going to be a wonderful thing. So uh, I will never tell people not to vote. All right. You make sure you vote in every single election. Because even if you live in an area that is totally corrupt, An area that has uh, voter roll problems, uh, that has dead people voting at addresses which don't have homes, it is more important than ever for you to get out there and vote. Okay, because the results are not a foregone conclusion. Yes, it may be more likely in certain areas that they're going to cheat and they might be successful, uh, but we can't go into a situation expecting loss. If you guys, I've said this before, you know anybody who played sports, okay, you play basketball, you play football, you play baseball. You don't go out onto the field just expecting that you're going to lose, do you? You walk out onto that field with your chest puffed up high, with your nerves on edge, and with your excitement running full force. And because you know you're going to win, even if you don't win, you know that you played the game the best you could. All right. And you have that at the very end of the day. So we cannot possibly wake up every morning thinking that there's no point. In taking part in the system. Because then everybody would just give up. All right, I've seen it. I've seen too many people drop out. And just check out of this situation. Um, Yes. One day one vote. This is another thing. In New California. It's going to be one day one vote. It's going to be voter ID. (laughs) It's going to be small precincts. They've already made the choice. That they're not going to be using electronic voting machines. Dominion will have no contract in New California. They're going to have all new purchasing agreements. All of the debt is going to stay with old California. And, you know, so they're going to have voting machines in, uh, in like L.A., obviously, San Francisco and Sacramento, but they won't have it anywhere else. Everywhere else is going to show up to a small precinct vote on paper with their voter ID card, and then they're going to go home and they're going to know the winner by 7 p.m. every single night. Yes, not voting gives the opponent the opportunity to steal the vote. Absolutely. Um, over here on uh, the foxhole, Vector said, uh, Zach, your audience loves you. Don't let the trolls get to you, mate. I uh, Thank you very much, bro. Uh, Sean Joe, thanks for that cookie. Green dropping drop on a fleet. Bro, I thank you so much. He says, much love, brother. Make sure you are subscribed to Greenbeard. He is one of the realest dudes. Greg, I love you, man. Uh, so glad you're here. Uh, Sean Joe, thanks for that cookie. Just Ducky says, here's a cookie for explaining your point of view very calmly, very admirable. Thank you so much. Uh, Just Ducky says, Dem's missing the opportunity for a real-life Veggie Tales." <laughs> ah! Oh, John Fetterman, you're right. It's hard to live and speak through Christ, but remember that your beliefs don't mean everyone else believes it. Also, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Nobody around you is is under any obligation to believe what you believe, and you should always go into situations thinking maybe they don't because you don't want to assume anything. Vector one one seven says no debt forgiveness for. St-
2: Order now
5: fighterflare.com
4: Student loans. Who cares? Dropped a cookie. Lou N V dropped some shades, and then Sean Joe also dropped a cookie. Thank you very, very much. Uh, no, we haven't gotten to Beetlejuice yet, but we're about to. I have a little bit of COVID news, okay? You guys remember when John um Stewart went on the Colbert show and basically just said that he thought that the lab leak was uh what happened with COVID and uh and Stephen Colbert didn't know what to do. He basically was was dumbstruck. And uh, obviously he used to work for John Stewart, so there is a kind of a, a, a pre-existing relationship there. So now that this COVID lab leak theory is suddenly uh, the, it, it's suddenly the subject of the day, Jon Stewart's pissed. Okay. Uh, and he's calling people out. Now we have more truth that I'm certain will be coming out, uh, in regards to the COVID-19 story. Uh, we just had an interview by Christopher Ray uh, with Fox news where he admitted that, yeah, the FBI, we figured for a long time, it came from a lab. So the only people in my opinion, who didn't know that this came from a lab and, you know, maybe even they're not among them. The, the left wing talking heads and then the brainwashed deadites in the regular American public who believe everything that those left wing talking heads say. Let's go. I want to hear what Christopher Ray said about this.
1: Do this before bed to stop receding gums and decaying teeth before it's too late. Twenty five percent of adults over six.
3: Uh, that says it's likely uh, to have come from a lab leak, although the confidence low. It cites the FBI. What is the
6: determination by the FBI?
5: So uh, as you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Let me step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, virologists, microbiologists, et cetera, who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID. Uh, and the concerns that, that in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, the, the threats that those, those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government-controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. And that's precisely what that capability uh, was designed for. I should add that, uh, that our work related to this continues and there are not a whole lot of details I can share that aren't aren't classified. I will just make the observation that the Chinese government, seems to me, has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate uh, the work here, the work that we're doing, the work that our U.S. government and, and close foreign partners are doing. Um, and that's unfortunate for everybody.
4: All right. Now. I think it's pretty interesting that so many in American elite society are now finding the courage to speak out against the actions of China. Of course, it's not just China. Obviously, gain-of-function research was done in conjunction with EcoHealth Alliance and Dr. Ralph Barrick and a whole host of people uh, in their organization. And it really started here in North Carolina. Uh, They moved that research to the Wuhan Institute of Virology so they could uh, escape legal culpability. And lo and behold, you know, God is my witness. We suddenly have this this, uh, random uh, release of a novel coronavirus that, of course, Uh, could not have possibly come from anything to do with the Chinese. I think that perhaps there are elements of the Chinese government that wanted to see President Trump and America collapse. I mean, I'd say most of those in power in China, uh, in the CCP and the PRC, they want China to be on top. So anything that happens to America to affect that, they're perfectly fine with it. it. It's also reasonable to assume that Probably some of them knew that this was uh, going to be a really bad thing and that there would be no way that they would be able to get away with it forever. Um, But uh, I think that uh, this was a deep state operation from the beginning. And I think a lot of us understand and are in agreement that there's kind of this war going on for the heart and soul of China. You've got people who are Chinese nationalists, you know, I mean, they they want China to succeed. And then you got people who uh, are deep statists and who are positioned in China uh, and are willing to do whatever it takes uh, to get themselves in power. And then, of course, also a lot of other things come along with that. But uh, I think that there is an element within China that wants peace. I think that this peace plan that we've seen recently is proof of that. And now, suddenly, because we have that peace plan, the government of the United States and, you know, uh, Chris Ray suddenly coming out and saying that, yeah, the lab leak theory was correct. And, you know, the mainstream media doesn't know what to do with themselves. Oh, man. Uh, The more that comes out about this, I hope the more uncomfortable people get. And maybe we are witnessing a slow buildup to the final crucifixion of Anthony Fauci. Maybe I could have chosen a better word. Uh, The the final, uh, I guess, dealing with Anthony Fauci because you guys probably remember that email that was written to Dr. Anthony Fauci by a British scientist uh, saying specifically that the virus looked man-made. Christian Anderson was his name. I talked about this many times, years ago. Some of the features look engineered and the genome looks inconsistent with evolutionary theory theory, meaning that a man in a lab put it together. Well, that lines right up with the gain-of-function research theory, which is no longer a theory at this point. So on February 4th, he sent this email to Dr. Anthony Fauci. He wrote that the, the uh, excuse me, on January 31st, he sent that initial email saying that it looks like it was man-made and it, it came from a lab. But then on February 4th, he suddenly does an about-face after he has a call with Anthony Fauci. And he says that the lab leak theory was conspiracy theory, that there's no way it could happen. The main crackpot theories going around at the moment related to this virus being somehow engineered, and that is demonstrably false. That's less than a week later. He initially says the genome looks inconsistent with evolutionary theory. Some of the features look engineered. This is immediately in the aftermath of all of this starting to go down. And then less than a week later, he has a call with Anthony Fauci and he does not about-face. So what happened in that time? Well, of course, nobody's talking about this. Uh, Christian, as a scientist, you know, he's just out there doing his research. Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, it does the uh, occasional interview and stuff, uh, uh, and many interviews over the last couple of years. But it turns out that there was a gain of uh, financial resources for Dr. Christian Anderson. Um He had initially been given a certain amount of money for research, Uh, but then after that call with Anthony Fauci on the 1st and then the email retracting his initial statement on the 4th, Dr. Anderson was given a a massive gift, $1.88 million in grants. Grants are monies that you don't have to pay back, Uh, and then also $16.5 million in funding from the N-I-A-I-D, which, of course, at the time was headed by Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, Dr. Andrew Huff actually testified to this back in 2022, and he's going to be a guest on the show on Friday night. Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. This is going to be probably one of the most exciting interviews that I've ever done. I have been trying to get Andrew on the show for a couple of years now, and I want to thank Season Pixels for uh, showing me his account initially a couple of years ago. Uh, And I think that Andrew Huff is going to be able to fill in all the gaps. And the way that he was treated by the U.S. government, absolutely appalling. We're we're going to be learning about all of it. So, Getting back to the idea of this information coming out, one of the things they can't hide are the deaths, okay? Uh, And I'm not talking about deaths from COVID. I'm talking about people who died as a result of the decisions that were made to conquer COVID. And I'm talking about the jabs, the various clot shots. It's been recently reported. We've talked about excess mortality, excess deaths. Well, in the under-44 age group, that percentage of excess deaths is at 43 percent uh during late 2022 and dowd was i believe the first person who came forward to talk about all of these excess deaths that we were seeing if i'm not mistaken it was first insurance companies that were kind of talking about it um but back in march last march dowd said that u.s millennials aged 25 to 44 experienced a record-setting 84% increase in excess mortality during the final four months of 2021. So that would have been right when, essentially, these people began getting the jab. You know, it it was available for pretty much all of 2021, but they didn't give it to young people initially. They were only giving it to old people. Young people had to wait. Now, according to Dowd, the latest numbers from August of this past year show that we are looking at an excess mortality rate of 36% for millennials. Uh, and we also have a significantly higher rate of disability among those people. So people who are forever uh, going to be on the dole, they're going to be receiving disability payments, they're going to be forced to rely upon the state Can't take care of themselves. Maybe their family isn't there. Maybe they don't have somebody in their life who loves them that's able to do that. Not many people do. He said, just to give you some idea on the number I said on your show a couple of weeks ago to Senator Ron Johnson, there was about 1.2 million we calculated in September. It's now about 1.7 million starting February 2021 through November of 2022. 1.7 employed people have become disabled, and that is a big number. This makes a lot of sense to me that it would be a result of the jab, the various jabs that are out there. And I know that certain people are not going to believe that the jab has anything to do with it, but I think that it's self-evident. And this is a problem that will work itself out eventually because I think Everybody who has taken the jab, if you don't do something to mitigate its presence in your body, you will learn the effects firsthand at some point down the line. And God forbid that you should lose your life. There are processes for detoxification of these substances from your body, and I I think that uh, another great thing you could do is uh, is take ZStack because of all the ingredients that are in ZStack, they work. For the natural virus itself and other COVID illnesses in the same way that it would, I think, for people who are developing those spike proteins inside their body. So uh, if somebody would do me a favor and share that link to ZStack for me, I I don't know where it is right now. Hold on just a second. Um, uh, Where is the ZStack list? Come on. Here it is. Copy. Here is the link to get ZStack. Oh, oh! Oh! Sev Gibson says, Zach, I sent you the On Me books and also sent her socials in an email from your website. Not sure the best way to get info to you. I know you're a busy man. Well, th- th- thank you so much, uh, Sev. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to getting a hold of her. And uh, that email from my website, uh, I will get to it. I might not always answer all of those because there's quite a few of them. Um, but I also have a- another email, redpill78 at com." I appreciate everything that gets sent to me, uh, whether you're just, uh, you know, suggesting a a guest for the show or you've got something personal that you want to tell me. It's always awesome. Thank you very much, Seb. Feel free to uh, forward that email you sent me uh, or forward the information again to redpill78 at protonmail.com. I I have an app for that one and it it comes to me a little bit quicker. All right, so uh, if we're taking a look at these excess deaths. Um, this is from 2021 right here, if I'm not mistaken. No, 2021 20, and 22. Okay. So this is the fourth quarter of 2022, it looks like. So zero to 44 in October, we had 13% excess deaths. November, we had 21%. In December, we had 43%. Now, among 45 to 64, those numbers are 4%, 16%, and 35%. So everybody across the board is dying uh, at a higher rate. Now, we call this acceleration on Wall Street because it's a big problem. Additionally, the incident report has all other unknown category above baseline for 2021 20, and 22 as the following. 9% for 2020, 10% for 2021, for 2022. This is all cause unknown. And I'm being told that the hospital systems in just one state by the end of 2023 will have staggering losses. Feel free to add your anecdotal stories. You know, the great irony of that, guys, is because during the pandemic, hospital systems all across America bled the federal government dry, bled your insurance companies dry, uh, charging exorbitant rates because they knew they could. And now, because they pushed the jab on so many people, their systems are going to be overburdened by those sick, disabled, and dying people. Uh, So as far as I'm concerned, that's turnabout's fair play for those hospital systems. Uh, Let's see. Uh, You know, I kind of addressed this one already, so we're not going to do that. Um here's an interesting fact that I think a lot of more people should be aware of. We've talked about politicians and 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 the way that their wealth grows when they get into office. They they go to Washington D.C. on a salary of like what is it? Like $150,000 a year. Maybe it's less than that, I'm not certain. Uh, and they come out a multimillionaire. How are they maintaining two residences getting paid what is now a middle income salary? And they're able to take that money and turn it into so much more money. Anthony Fauci is a great example of that. His wealth increased from 7.6 million to 12.6 million during the pandemic. That's a 65% increase in wealth. And if only we had the foresight like Anthony Fauci to invest in these. Uh, pharmaceutical companies, and then watch as this pandemic played out and we just got rich just coming into our bank accounts. I don't know anybody who can get a 65% increase on their wealth in such a short time. That is only during the pandemic. So that's like 2020, 2020 till now, three years, 65% increase. Let's see what Fox Business is saying. Drinking warm
1: it. water before bed fixes tooth and gum problems overnight. People are healing
4: decay. And- oh, we've got a, a comment from Geo who says, my mom is way jabbed up. I tried to warn her and she just laughed at me. I don't talk about it because when she realizes what she's going to be going through and I can't undo it. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, that is awful. That's awful. Um Oh, Tom, Qcat, Are you a Michigander or did you just travel around Michigan? Michigan's a beautiful state. If you guys have never been there, uh, you should definitely check it out. The Upper Peninsula is essentially a wilderness. It's great. Uh, And oftentimes you can get uh, up into the Upper Peninsula and be closer, way closer to Canada than any place. I mean, I guess you can do that. In Detroit as well. But um, but here, let's listen to this claim here about Anthony's
6: watchdog group. It's called Open the Books. We're big fans of this group. He's Adam NGFC. Adam, it's good to see you, sir. So, Adam, what do you want to see? What are you looking for in the primetime House hearing on China
4: in less than an hour and a half? It's going to be on TV. Are we letting China get away? Hold on. Trisha says, Zach, can you post the new California website? My prayer group of California girls hasn't said a thing about it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just newcaliforniastate.com. Here we go. And I think that this is something that, you know, can be uh, helpful whether or not you live in California or you live in another state. Uh Yes, the same can be said about the RNC. Student loan debt is one of the few assets that the USA actually has. Uh, Yeah, thought criminal, don't worry. Uh, There is a massive problem with the GOP in the same way that there is a problem with the DNC. But American patriots are taking over the GOP so that we can set the stage for the next generation of Americans. Back to Anthony Fauci's wealth. Way too much. Well, yeah, we're letting China get away with too much, and it's been going on for decades. It's a Chinese strategy. For example, last fall, our organization at OpenTheBooks.com, we highlighted the Strider Technologies report, where up to 150 former employees uh, of the Los Alamos National Lab, our Crown Jewel National Lab, aren't working in America anymore. They're working back in China on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party and against our military national interests. You know, so,
6: Adam, when you've seen this whole energy department uh, story unfold where their national labs indicating that with low confidence, but they do say likely that the pandemic likely leaked out of a lab in China. What's your
4: reaction to that story? The FBI saying, yeah, Christopher Ray is talking to Brett. I'm just waiting for somebody to say uh, not surprised. I mean, we knew. We knew it was a lab leak. We knew that that was uh, the origin of it, you know, and and to to get even more specific, you know, it was from the Frankensteinian scientific meddling of the groups that Anthony Fauci was funding through his organization, uh, through his attempts to get around Laws and regulations and conventions on biological weapons. You know, whether it was built initially in the Ukraine or if it was only built in Wuhan, I tend to think they were all working on a variety of these things. As we know, Ralph Barrick downloaded the DNA profile for that original coronavirus from his lab where he was working at in North Carolina and then took that to China so that he could go ahead and work on it there with EcoHealth Alliance and the people at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, Tricia said, thanks, dear friend. I just sent it to them. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, Spike Protein says, please consider interviewing New Illinois, Zach. I'm Facebook friends with New Illinois and mentioned your show to them. And they said they would be interested in appearing on your show. I am interested in having them on the show. I just haven't seen much reporting about it. And I've only very recently heard that there was a legit uh, effort in New Illinois to create it. So if you can, please, Spike Protein, get us in touch. You can uh, perhaps send us like a, a group email or just tell them that my email is redpill78 at protonmail.com, or you can send me an email and give me their either way. Get in hold of me and I will reach out to them and I would love to have them on because that's something I'm I'm very, very excited for. All right. So I I think you know I feel like I beat a dead horse with Anthony Fauci. We don't need to talk about it. Let, let's talk about Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot, Beetlejuice, former Mayor of Chicago, the worst mayor in Chicago history, perhaps the worst mayor in American history, has lost her bid to get reelected as mayor of Chicago. Uh, Lori Lightfoot has shown time and time again that she does not care for the people of her city, that she actually holds active contempt for the people of Chicago, and that if it wasn't for them getting in her way, she could probably get a lot more done. She doesn't care about the black kids that are getting shot in the head on the weekends. She doesn't care about the crime and the rampant homelessness. No, Lori Lightfoot cares about her parades. She cares about her own pocketbook, and uh, she cares about being a victim. Because that's what Lori Lightfoot is. She has constantly made herself a victim. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at her concession. Oh, I have to click on. There we go. Let me just uh, do this. She got her hair done. You guys see that? She dyed her hair. And it looks like she's wearing a little bit of makeup, too. Uh, she doesn't look quite as like hollowed out and uh, and black-eyed as she normally does. So thank you and, and thank everyone so much. Um, I feel a lot of love in this
0: room as I've felt every step of the way on this journey. Uh, I've called Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis uh, to congratulate them on their victories in advancing uh, to the runoffs. We were fierce competitors
4: in these last few months, um, but I will be rooting and praying for our next mayor to deliver uh, for the people of the city for years to come. Your class, Thank you. For somebody like Lori Lightfoot, she does. She looks refreshed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She's got to be wearing makeup. This is not natural. And look, you can actually see the difference in the skin tone from up here and her neck. You know, I hate, I hate to, you know tattle on you, ladies, but you can tell when someone is wearing a lot of makeup because generally speaking, it doesn't go all the way down. It kind of stops at a certain point. But of course, of course, in true victimhood, in true left-wing victimhood fashion, Lori Lightfoot, she can't take responsibility for any of the things she's done to the people of Chicago, to the Windy City. No, if it's anything, if it's anything, it's got to be racism. It's got to be misogyny. It couldn't be anything other than that. Certainly not Lori Lightfoot's failed leadership and, again, her contempt for the people of Chicago. Uh, She is blaming this stunning election defeat on racism and sexism, never mind that she had already been elected previously. I don't understand how that's possible. I mean, Chicago is woke, all right? How is it possible that several years ago they elected Lori Lightfoot, a a, a a black gay woman, to become mayor of Chicago? And now here we are at the end of her first term and people are suddenly more racist. We've had more racists moving in. I mean, we already proved that Jesse Smollett did not get beat by a couple of white guys. He was beat by a couple of African brothers. <laughs> oh. All of the lies about the state of Chicago coming out of Lori Lightfoot's mouth. This is just another one. So she was speaking to reporters after her tragic and historic loss. Let me see, I'll I'll give you the numbers. She came in third place, okay? She had 17.1% of the vote. How's that for irony? Former Chicago Public Schools CEO Paul Vallis came in first with 33.95%, and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson came in second with 20.32%. So it remains to be seen. How are, are the remaining votes been that were divvied up? Because there was like nine candidates in this race. You know, who are those people going to vote for? They now have to go to a runoff. The way it works in Chicago, because there's just so many freaking candidates, you've got to get at least 50% of the vote. If you didn't know that, Patty, yeah. (laughs) Maybe you're being facetious. I don't know. I can't tell in the text. It doesn't come across. But anyways, because of her loss, they now have to do a runoff, and it's going to be between Paul and... And uh, and Brandon. okay, and uh, it's anybody's game at this point, because between the two of them, nobody got close to 50 percent. And again, all of those additional votes are now going to get transferred over. Not everybody's going to vote. But it's Chicago, and certainly everybody who's died in the last 100 years is definitely going to be voting. Uh, it's, it's hilarious to me that Lori Lightfoot, being a Democrat, an incumbent, as corrupt as she is, that she couldn't orchestrate uh, another victory for herself. Maybe it's just too difficult uh, when it's not a presidential election. But she said, I'm a black woman in America. Of course, responding to a reporter asking if she had been treated unfairly during her campaign. Uh, and uh, she said, I'm a black woman. Let's not forget. Certain folks, frankly, don't support us in leadership roles. Lori, I remind you, you were elected four years ago. They supported you then. It's only Democrats virtually in Chicago. So now all those Democrats are black, uh, or, excuse me, are, are racist and uh, hate black people and, and hate women believe that women can't lead i mean Lori, I, I don't think it's because you're a woman that you couldn't lead i just think you're inept i think that you're a bad leader it has nothing to do with the color of your skin or what's between your legs take a look at this from 2021 laurie lightfoot says that about 99 percent of the criticism against her has to do with her being a black woman
7: Really? Uh, your reaction to criticism, a uh, Tribune editorial used the term irascible. Uh, how much of this do you think might have to do with the fact that you're a woman and particularly specifically a black woman?
0: About ninety nine
4: percent of it. Expand on that. She is her ego is so big. This is so typical for these Democrats. They, and, you know, plenty of Republicans, too. But among the Democrats, they are particularly out of touch. I mean, they know, they know that if they just repeat the lie often enough that people will start to parrot it. So Lori Lightfoot has been saying for a long time, "Ah, it's because I'm black, it's because I'm a woman. And people in Chicago undoubtedly believe that. I I think that watch watch and see if there aren't some... um, uh, some some protests as a result of this election, Lori Lightfoot losing. She's probably going to run a PR campaign uh, attacking the people of Chicago for not supporting her for being a, a, a black woman. All right. Um. Uh, something else that I think the majority of Americans don't support is this ridiculous war in Ukraine. Uh, this is a matter between Russia and Russia and Ukraine, okay? The western portion of Ukraine was murdering the people of the Donbass, the eastern portion of Ukraine. It is that simple, all right? And they wanted to be raised, uh, they wanted to raise their children, they wanted to be sovereign of themselves, okay? They made an agreement with Russia, they happened to be ethnically Russian, Russia helped them out, and at the end of the day, the only thing that's coming out of Ukraine is body bags. We are sending money Hand over fist to Ukraine. People are dying. Uh, Billions of dollars in weapons and munitions are getting bought and used. (laughs) Excuse me. And we got shills like Sean Penn who want the American people to believe, who want the American people to believe that we need to send more money. We can't, we cannot possibly allow the Russians to win in Ukraine. And nuclear threat be damned. Sean Penn literally asked people to ignore the possibility of thermonuclear war because Ukraine is that important. Apparently, Sean Penn has a special affinity for Ukraine. I don't know how much time he sets how much time he spends there or what his activities are, but he believes that uh, that we need to have war in Ukraine. And Sean Penn has made his whole life uh, based upon like peace activism. Uh, and now all of a sudden, just like every other Democrat, uh, they are now neocons and they think war is glorious and that we need to get out there and kill more people.
5: The thing I'd, I'd like to say is, you know, having just just returned from Ukraine uh, uh, about uh, 10 days ago or so is that the the impact of president biden's trip was extraordinary i mean that's uh, that that's e- extremely encouraging um, I think that when it, that one of the the things that's concerned me and i i you know i i think that there's no question but that they need more ammunition more uh long range precision weapons, and yes fighter jets um, uh, this and the and the issue really is that um You know, right now they're dying every day. They're dying. So
4: I'll tell you what will stop. Stop that dying is by coming to an agreement. Okay, does Ukraine need to rule over this large swath of land that doesn't want anything to do with it? No, but we know that this is about more than just the landmass of the Donbass. This is about the criminal enterprise of the CIA, the Nazi holdovers that still exist in Ukraine, uh, the corrupt mafias and oligarchs that are ruling Ukraine, and of course, the vast nationwide drug trafficking and human trafficking organizations and rat lines that exist in this nation. It is a playground for the political elites, for the global elites across America and across the rest of the world. They used Ukraine in the way that you and I might use a squeegee on our car. It was a means to an end. It was a convenient place to get their windows washed, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, And that's just simply not a good enough reason for the United States to be engaged in war with another superpower over there in that nation. Uh, Let the Ukrainians deal with the mess they've created and get American money weapons, and if there's any boots on the ground, get them the hell out of there as well. We simply cannot afford the possibility of thermonuclear war with Russia. Now, here's an interesting thing, uh, which I think might be able to uh, be be pointed at as a reason why Lori Lightfoot lost the mayoral race. It turns out that the homeless population of Chicago, which is prolific— Uh, is no longer being given preferential treatment at the homeless shelters. Instead, these homeless shelters are forcing them out onto the streets again, and they are giving preference to illegal aliens. (laughs) And there are plenty of illegal aliens in Chicago because Texas and Florida have sent them up. (laughs) So here we have a a homeless guy. Uh, His name is Rod. Rod. And uh, this was actually a video released by Project veritas this, this goes to show you this goes to show you how far Project Veritas has fallen. Nobody has been talking about this, uh, and uh, i 'm not even going to play the video, but I just thought that it was interesting that Lori Lightfoot, as a traditional radical left wing Democrat, probably shot herself in the foot uh, by Losing the homeless vote. If they were willing to go into prisons and county jails and force those inmates to vote for Lori Lightfoot, uh, you better believe that normally they would have been doing the same thing at the homeless shelters. Only now, all it is, is illegals who don't have the ability to vote, who can't produce any type of papers or documentation. In Oregon, they, and, and, and this is actually uh, not going to, uh, have anything to do with the uh the 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 soon to come landmass of greater idaho but in oregon they are talking about giving homeless people $1000 a month no strings attached if you're homeless and you live in oregon guess what sign up for a $1000 check universal basic income so you can do whatever you want is there anybody out there who's under any illusions that these uh, poor homeless people are going to take that money and do what they should do with it? Inevitably, some of them will. But one of the reasons Oregon has such a large homeless population is because you've got open-air drug markets, all right? You can walk down the street, get yourself some tar heroin, get a bag of crack, and then you know get some fentanyl for a chaser afterwards, and you're totally fine. Nobody's going to stop you. The cops aren't going to even bother you. And so is it any wonder that the people of this larger area are hoping to join up with Idaho to secede from the larger landmass of Oregon? $1,000 a month to homeless people. Is it possible that some people are, are going to become homeless just so they can get $1,000 a month? You you might be a really destitute person and you make less than $1,000 a month. Maybe you're even a retired person. Heck, it's better to live in a tent out on the street. Uh, Absolutely fascinating to look at how far Oregon has fallen. Uh, People are leaving in droves. Nobody wants to be there anymore. And a lot of the people who are there are only there because they can get drugs there. This person, PDX Real, says, as if we haven't paid enough of our money to the homeless. Why don't we give them $1,000 per month in housing vouchers? Housing first, right? Most of this will just end up in the hands of drug dealers. Thank you. Absolutely. It would be so much easier uh, to just create some type of housing assistance program, put it on a a measured timeline. You give somebody six months of rental assistance, get them into a home, get them a shower, get them working, get them stable, uh, and then you can unleash them into the world. And once that person is is settled in a... Permanent location, and they understand the value of keeping a budget and making sure that you don't spend it on drugs. You know, then they will no longer need that assistance. A thousand dollars a month, just cash out of nowhere. Yeah, good luck, and good luck if you're a resident of Oregon, or good luck if you're a business owner in Oregon. I've known so many people. Oh, that woman that I interviewed the other day, Jen. She's in Oregon, and she's actually doing good because she lives in a small town. So, anyways. Before we end tonight, guys, I wanted to make sure, Zach, can you red pill us on reptilians? It sounds so silly, but there is a lot of evidence in my opinion. I uh, okay, reptilians, I think I will do that on baseless conspiracies with John. Um, there is so much anecdotal anecdotal stories about that, but I think when it comes to like the idea of like hard evidence, I don't think we have that. We certainly have first-hand witness accounts, and then we have, everybody's seen them, you know, like videos where, like, people's eyes glitch out. A lot of that can be explained by the analog video signal and low frame rates. Uh, Even on some of uh, the modern-day security cameras, uh, the compression is such and the frame rate is such that you will get uh, like artifacts of somebody walking across. There's a lot of paranormal stuff in there, in my opinion. A lot of stuff that's captured now that we didn't capture before because we didn't have cameras everywhere. But I have never seen, uh, hands down, something that convinced me that there is like a Draco reptilian um, race or something like that. Um, Now, I have seen other things that would convince me that there are some monstrous elites out there. Um, But this is a great subject, and I want to thank you for bringing that up. I will talk to John, and I think that's probably what we'll do next week for Baseless Conspiracy Theories, uh, or Baseless Conspiracies, rather, because there is a lot that we could go over in regards to that. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Certainly, I mean, I've read David Icke before, obviously. Yeah, I've looked into a lot of the things David said. All right, so Chapman sent this over. Uh, as you may be aware, because I've talked about it here on the show before, the city of New York, uh, the fire department and the police department uh, are allowing people to come back to work for them who had been previously let go for refusing to take the clot shot. Well, there's a catch, Okay. Because these people were fired um, uh, without good cause, all right? And you might argue that they were discriminated against. So many of them have cases against the city, have cases against the FDNY and the NYPD. But what they're saying is that if you want to come back, if you want to get your job back, uh, you're going to have to give up all possible legal action now and into the future. So you can't sue them for anything in the future, even if it's not related to this, and you have to be okay with not getting your back pay. Well, geez, that's quite the wrinkle here. If you were a New York City employee and you lost your job during the COVID-19 pandemic because you refused to take the vaccine, uh, you were discriminated against. You have a legal case. Now, not everybody has the time or the resources uh, or even the good representation to go through with a case like that, to its logical conclusion. But if you are one of those people, I believe that the city owes you a pretty penny. Based upon the number of people they fired, I think that they, we could probably look at bankrupting the city of New York. They might have to get taken over by the state. But we had a retired NYPD lieutenant by the name of John Macari, and he actually published One of these documents from the NYPD from February 23rd, and we have the FDNY version of it here, but uh, they are identical other than they have different uh, department names in them. So this is like an official document coming from the city of New York, and they gave it to the police and the firefighters. Um, We don't know if they're doing this at uh, other agencies at the city of New York. We, We haven't seen any of these other documents, but these two are enough to suggest that this is probably a citywide policy, that they are trying to scare every single person into taking their job back right now. You better be grateful for it, and you can't sue us, and you don't get any of that money that we owe you from when you were wrongfully terminated. So uh, this is a lot to ask, and I think that it's a bad idea for anybody to accept it. Certainly, some people are going to because they need money right now. They have to support their families right now. Uh, But waiving the rights to pursue any actions in the future against the city, the agency, uh, or the Department of Citywide Administrative Services, that is a big ask because you never know what's going to happen in the future. You never know how you're going to be wronged. And if you waive the right to litigation in perpetuity, then you can never take any action against them if they treat you poorly or if something happens to you. You know, what if you are maimed while working for the city of New York and it is the fault of the city because maybe they didn't keep up with safety protocols or they failed to do something or another. Your legal right to get legal remedy to that is no longer allowed. So... Uh, This is uh, this is the best possible scenario for the city. They understand just how badly they screwed up and uh, how liable they are for a number of different things. You know, not to mention, think about people maybe who took the jab, got disabled as a result of that couldn't take any more because they now had a medical uh uh waiver and the city said no it's not good enough you got to get another one and then you got to get a booster uh y- you better get all jabbed up otherwise you're just going to lose your job you know make no mistake you, you you've already lost your job because you can't do anything else and you're too sick to go work anywhere else but we're not going to take care of you and if you accept This proposal, you're not going to be able to do anything about that in the future. If you are an FDNY employee or an NYPD employee, and I know we've had some of them that listen to the show in the past, I would like to hear from you on this. I want to see what you guys are going to do. I don't think that you should sign these waivers. I think that you should fight for everything that they owe you. Uh, Let me say over here filterdog One said Peter Dasik, Eco Health, that's correct. Um, C Blanche, thank you for the cookie. Also said, Glad I ain't in Chicago. And then Vector said, explain the predictive programming in V, the final battle on the baseless show, please. We will actually of course. I don't think, I don't think you can talk about uh lizard people or Dracos without talking about V. I, I was a big fan of V when I was a little kid. It used to scare the crap out of me. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, Mitchy, me, that's what I'm saying. How angry would you be if you took the jab to keep your job and then you got hurt as a result and the job or the government or the company uh, would not allow you to maintain some type of medical exemption. I know it happened. I I have spoken to people who this happened to. Uh do you remember the pilot that I uh, that I interviewed? He took the jab and then he had a blackout, basically had like a stroke or something while he was flying the plane, landed the plane in a blackout, can't fly ever again. He took the jab to keep his job and now he's disabled so he can't work. How's that for irony? Ignore me, please. Said, thanks for reading my question, Zach. You are the man. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, thank you for the uh, for the ideas. I appreciate it. All right. So we have, I don't know how many of you have been following this Brian Koberger case. We've got a couple of high profile murder cases right now. Another one uh, in, the, in the low country of, uh, I think it's South Carolina, uh, the Murdoch's, Alex Murdoch, uh, the Murdoch family, they were uh, very powerful and politically connected. They ran like the only law firm in town and. They also had, like, the the grandfather was a judge, and then the, one of the kids was a prosecutor, and then, of course, the grandchildren were going to grow up to be lawyers, too. Anyways, Alex Murdoch faked his own murder and then murdered his wife and son, allegedly. He's on trial for it right now, and we're going to find out if the jury agrees with me, but there's a couple of documentaries about it that you can find right now, uh, and it's kind of crazy to think that anybody could be in a position to think that your best uh, best bet in life is to murder your wife and son to take heat off of yourself. He had stolen tens of millions of dollars from clients, so he was pretty desperate, arguably. But yes, uh, Brian Koberger, another one of these high-profile murders. Uh, you know, it captivated the nation's attention because you had, uh, you know, young kids, college age kids. They had their whole lives ahead of them. And this guy who is uh, uh he, he's going to school for like criminology and stuff He's getting his Ph.D. He's allegedly a, a mass murderer, kind of looks like he could be a serial killer. Maybe he was a serial killer in the making, but he only got a chance to do this one uh, set of, of murders. Maybe he did others. I don't know. I'm sure we're going to find out. Uh, But this fascinates me because I tend to think that he I think I think that he went into criminology because of his predisposed nature to violence and murder. And it would make a lot of sense that somebody who was already becoming a murderer or a serial killer would want to know how to best cover their tracks. You know, it's not enough to just watch like Law and Order SVU or uh, documentaries about Charles Manson. I mean, the, the forensic abilities of investigators today are very, very sophisticated. Uh, it's extremely hard to get away with a murder for good reason. Thank God. I don't want anybody getting away with murder. Uh, but I think this guy probably had the same li- type of ego as we see in a lot of these politicians They're They're psychopaths. They think they're better than other people. They think they're above other people and uh, they are willing to push the envelope just to see if they can get away with what they want to get away with. So um, the FBI just released uh, an index of the evidence that was taken from his home. So they found a uh, silver flashlight, four medical style gloves. uh, I'm sorry, Uh, A white Arizona jean company, large t-shirt champion uh, joggers, I think sweatpants, a pair of um, black and white size 13 Nike shoes. If you'll remember, they found a partial shoe print in a a puddle of blood at the house. And so those are probably them. All of these are things that he was probably wearing at the time that he killed these kids. Uh, Also some Under Armour socks, some shorts, some boxers uh and then a, a buccal swab a buccal swab that's interesting because either he took a swab of his own dna what if he took a swab of one of the murdered coeds and that was his trophy how incriminating would that be if they test that buccal swab and it comes back dna positive for one of the killer, one of the uh the murdered kids i tend to think that's it i can't wait to figure out if my theory on that is correct. <clears throat> but Brian Koberger Kober, continues to uh, proclaim his innocence. I, I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, this trial go through, and I certainly hope that he gets what's coming to him. Uh, some of the other evidence against him, there was a, 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 a U.S. Marine Corps K-Bar knife, uh, and that matches, I believe, what they say wa- was one of the murder weapons. Uh, also, they had a... a a set of DNA on one of the uh, items at the scene. It was the knife sheath for that K-Bar knife. So they got his DNA from there. Uh, Also, he had been stalking and messaging one of the female victims on Instagram in the weeks before the murders. Uh, He had a picture of one of the female victims on his murder, on his phone. And then uh, there is also a theory Uh, that he was involved in online investigations into the killings uh, and that he was taking part in these conversations, answering questions about exactly what was happening in the investigation. All right, you guys, we are almost done for the night. Brian Koberger is probably going to rot in prison or get the death penalty. I don't know if they got the death penalty up there, but this is the piece de resistance. This is my favorite story of the last 24 hours. Super based troll on behalf of a Florida GOP lawmaker. Yesterday, uh, Senator Blaze Ignolia put forth in Congress or in the state legislature the ultimate cancel act. Now, this would cancel any filing by any political party that supported slavery during the Civil War. This is a nice little loophole because he's attacking slavery uh, and, of course, he's attacking the white privilege of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party adopted pro-slavery stances in their party platform, and this bill says that if you have done that in the past, then the Secretary of State shall decertify and get rid of that party. The Republicans never supported slavery. We, the Republicans were always in favor uh, of uh, of getting away or doing away with slavery. So, Nikki Fried is the chairwoman of the Democrat Party down here in Florida. She's not happy about seeing what Ignolia is doing. She says Republicans want to cancel every culture expect, except conspiracy rage fascism. That's rich coming from Nikki Fried. Uh, but the Ultimate Cancel Act, also known as SB 1248, would require Florida officials to nominate, or excuse me, to notify. All registered voters who belong to any canceled parties, it could be a Democrat party or another one, they would have to get a letter saying that their party no longer exists. It would also change their voter registration to no party affiliation and provide procedures for those voters to update their affiliation to an active political party. It would not cancel a political parties to, it would not allow any canceled political parties to re register with the Florida Department of State. But only under the condition that they change its name to something substantially different from the name of any other party previously registered. So if the Democrat Party wanted to come back as, say, you know, get get what go broke, then they could actually do that. Um but let me ask you this question, because I think that this is probably going to be a divisive move by some people. You know, the idea, oh, you know, they're going to do away with the Democrat Party. Well, how is that any different from, you know, fascism or uh, authoritarianism or what uh, we have uh, Zelink, Vladimir Zelensky doing in Ukraine, abolishing all political parties? You're not abolishing all, any political parties other than the ones that supported slavery. And, and that's one very particular party. The Democrats. Now, I ask you this what do you do when you are fighting a criminal enterprise that has legitimized itself and infected the political system to become a powerful force that should be reckoned with? I think that you have to think outside the box. I think we've tried many, many different ways to nullify the corruption inherent in many of these parties. Why don't we just get rid of the Democrat Party if that's a legal avenue that we can take? All of those people would be able to vote for whoever they wanted to vote for still, but you'd just be getting rid of that criminal enterprise. This is like a convenient way to go around kind of uh, uh, RICO in a way. So... Anyways, I'm interested to know what you guys think. Do me a favor, you can leave comments in the description below. Your chats are not going to be visible to the people who are watching this at the end of the day. Um, I will be back tonight at 9pm on uh, Badlands Media with my friend Brad Getz. We're going to be doing part two of the Clinton body count because there are some really staggering deaths that uh, took place uh, allegedly at the hands of the Clintons. And uh, we also had another death, a new death that could be added to the clinton body count so i think that's all that i have and let me just make sure that there's nothing over here on cash app looks like there might be something yes mitzi mitzi said uh we love you and thank you for all the work you do thank you very very much mitzi i appreciate that and then just to be safe over here on buy me a coffee uh, hammer on the clock says, I agree. We can't wait for someone to come and save us. We need to get involved locally. That's why I'm running for supervisor of the checklist in my town. Congratulations. I am so glad to hear that. And then also South Detroit bought me a coffee. Uh, Hey, you know, uh, glad you're doing okay there in South Detroit. And then cyber X speed said, appreciate your shows. I have a couple suggestions for baseless conspiracies, big Mike and the moon landing and uh, CyberX. Those are definitely on the list. Thank you one more time uh, to the keen-eyed viewer who sent me the books. I'm going to be looking for your email. Uh, Hopefully, I see you at 9 p.m. on Badlands Media for my episode of Altered State with Brad Goetz. But until that time, if I don't, I'll be back here tomorrow at 1 p.m. for Occam's Razor. Until then, good luck, everyone, and God bless. I'm going to pass out the gold pills now.